Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. We are starting off the new year with an epic interview from my friend Joe Reed. He has a really heroic story, and I'm just going to jump right in. So without further ado, Joe Reed. nice and early as usual <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, this is just nice i had a real easy day today so it's good how about yours man uh it was good i uh we went to bed early as well but then the people in the neighborhood started popping off firecrackers and then my dog got scared and kept me awake all night long so <laughs> i was trying to be a responsible adult but it didn't work out yeah I, I had that same experience but i was able to go back to sleep for a couple hours so oh man yeah all right, dude. Well, let's get this party started. Um, and let's just start with uh, you just sharing your story because it's a it's a superhero story. And I think everybody needs to hear it. So we're going to go again. So just, uh, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I'm just going to start from the beginning. Um, basically, sometime let's see, it was uh, 2010. Um, I was getting some routine blood work done. Um, I had gone through some, you know, some medical stuff. But uh, getting some routine blood work done and phlebotomist had a real rough time finding a vein. Oh, I was much heavier than stuck me four times on the right, twice on the left and ended up in the urgent care later on that night because my arm just didn't feel right. You know, I went to work that day and just never, never felt right. And went to urgent care and said, might've hit a vein, might've hit a nerve. We're not really sure, but you know, give it two to six weeks. You should be okay. And then uh, two weeks go by and I just kept getting worse and worse. And I had this really tremendous pain, tremendous pain in my left arm. I'm um, in the back of my tricep and it ended up not going away for about uh, six years and um, kept going back to my doctor over the next six months. And he says, you know, we'll just, I don't know what's going on. We'll wait and see. Everything was wait and see. And um, after about six months, he said, All right, we're going to start doing some testing. Um, we're going to send you to do some, you know, CT scans and MRIs and see what's going on. Cause I just wasn't getting any better. And <clears throat> in the meantime, the pain had started to travel from the back of my arm to my hands and my wrist. And I started losing some of my grip strength. And at that time I was a warehouse supervisor for a school district and I needed to use my hands every day. And, um, so after the first round of testing, you know, nothing was conclusive. There's no reason why I was feeling this pain and, um, started seeing some different specialists and specialists were okay. There might be carpal tunnel. Um, it might be this, it might be that. No def- uh, definitive answers again, and just kept getting worse and worse. Um, so, you know, some more time goes by, uh, you know, say another year, year and a half, and uh, my hips started hurting really bad as well. I really started to have a hard time walking, and working was really difficult. And my mm. boss was great because he was really accommodating and allowed me to just 
stay at my desk as much as possible and not do as much physical work unless I had to. And um, I thought that was good for me, but it started to make me worse. <laughs> and, um, you know, seeing more specialists, still feeling worse. Um, then I finally said, you know, nobody's giving me any answers. Probably had seen at this time maybe a dozen doctors and specialists and nobody had any real answers. And I started to go outside and try to find some other answers on my own. Saw a couple of chiropractors who did nothing but hurt me and saw some acupuncturists who had some different ideas and um, actually found a little bit of relief for about six months. Um, so <clears throat> that was about two years in. I had about six months of relief where I was able to work. I felt like I was a little better. And then, um, and this is actually one something I forgot about in our last conversation. Um, I was helping my brother who had just bought a new house and we were uprooting some um, rose bushes in his backyard using a pickaxe. And, you know, when you hit a baseball and you just get it just right, it sends that vibration up the uh, baseball bat. Well, I had that happen with the pickaxe as I was uprooting this rose bush. And I remember I had two swings. I thought, wow, that didn't feel too good. And the third one, it really hurt. But the fourth one, um, it sent pain up and down my left arm that reminded me of the pain that I was in, you know, six months prior. And, um, that really sent me off into a whole nother world of pain, actually. That's when I really got worse. So I had gotten a little better for six months, but then just downhill right after that. And the pain got worse and worse and worse to the point that it was now spreading throughout the body, not just in my left arm and my hands, but throughout the rest of my body. My hips were a mess. It was getting harder and harder to walk. And in, uh, let's see, I think it was 2013 or 14. I can't remember which one. My left arm locked up in an almost, uh, you know, almost uh, about 45 degrees. But, you know, it was locked up for five days and I couldn't use it. And it was um, alarming to say the least. So um, <clears throat> more time goes by. I see another chiropractor who promised me the world. Hey, I got the uh, protocol that can help you. Dropped a ton of money and didn't get worse. Ended up. Um, not fulfilling all the sessions that I had committed to because I just felt like they weren't doing anything and um, ended up seeing um, another um, acupuncturist who I started to feel a little better with and then a holistic um, practitioner as well who had um, worked on my wife who has psoriatic arthritis and does wonders with my wife like twice a year. So I went and saw this woman for three sessions and it was uh, three hours of torture as I like to call it. It was like uh, getting a a tattoo session without any tattoo to show for it at the end. It was absolutely brutal. And, you know, she was even confused. She said, you know, I usually have success with people by the third session and you're just different. I just, I don't know what's going on with you. And um, I just kept declining to the point where um, I had seen an orthopedic specialist who um, I became really close with over a few sessions. And she said, you know, I don't know what's going on with you. And I want you to go see this woman who's in a, um, this pain management program. And she's a person, she's a psychologist or a psychiatrist who specializes in working with people who are in pain. And I said, all right, you know, I'll think about it. And um, she said, you know, well, I want to see if we can improve your vitamin D levels and see how that works out. So we improved my vitamin D levels and nothing really changed. I didn't feel any better. And um, I just kept getting worse and worse over the next year. Um, I, Went to the pain management program for uh, the first six weeks and didn't do well because it wasn't ready and I dropped out of the program. Um, I went back to work and was just miserable. Um, 
really having a hard time doing any type of physical work, which I was supposed to be doing. Sitting was really difficult. I was not walking much. And um, my, I told my doctor, you know, I'm looking at possibly doing a disability retirement because I was working for a school district. Um, I was paying into a pension system. I was able to at least apply for disability retirement. She said, no, you're too young. You're 35, 36 years old. And that's just not something I want to do. You're just too young. And, um, you know, she knew my background. She knew everything that was going on. But at that time, I was rapidly declining to the point that I had to apply for a handicap placard. Um, it wasn't every day, but most days I was having a really hard time walking. And this was after hiking mountains, you know, and it was a real hard thing to swallow. And I was losing my physical abilities faster and faster. And um, I had told my doctor, I said, you know, I want to apply for this. And she said, well, you know, you're off a Christmas break. You're off for three weeks. Let's see if you can improve. Just relax. Don't do anything too strenuous. And let's see if you improve. And if you do, then I'm not signing it. And if you don't, then we'll talk about it then. So I was off for three weeks and I just got worse. And, um, you know, that one was a real tough Christmas for me because um, I, was, I was just starting to date my now wife. And uh, I think we were together. No, actually, we were together for a year at that time. Um, but that Christmas, um, which was three Christmases ago, was a real tough one for me. I had, um, I had lost everything, man. I lost all my ability and my grip strength. I lost my hip strength. Um, my, my wife was cutting up my meal for me and twisting off my water bottle caps at a Christmas party. And my sister-in-law looks over, she says, is that shit for real? Just thinking, you know, that I was joking or something. I looked at her, I said, you honestly think that I want her to be cutting up my meals for me? You know, somebody who's taking care of themselves since I was a little kid, that's, she just didn't really wrap her head around it. And, you know, I didn't let it be known that I was in pain at work. I didn't let it be known that I was in pain throughout my family. I just kept it to myself. I didn't want anybody feeling sorry for me. And I just thought this was something that I was going to pass. And once I got a diagnosis, Hey, maybe then I can figure out what's going on and attack it. But, um, at that time, um, not only was she cutting up my meals, but I was starting to fall. Uh, I lost most of my ability to walk, was spending my weekends in wheelchairs or in bed. And the falling was really tough on me. Um, I, Thought I was really strong lifting heavy boxes and shit all day and I was not at all because I couldn't physically lift myself from the ground when I fell and it was my wife my then girlfriend who was picking me up from the ground and she is somebody that I have to push in a wheelchair often who has really terrible psoriatic arthritis who has to give herself an injection every two weeks just so she can walk so it was a, a real humbling thing to say the least to have her picking me up from the floor and um, I finally went back to my doctor after saying hey you know, I just got worse. Um, I want to continue with this path for disability retirement. And she finally agreed and um, filled out this paperwork and sent it in. And I was told, well, there's no guarantee. It's just an application. And it usually takes six to nine months for this process. And, you know, if you don't get approved, then you can, um, you can appeal. So I applied and 30 days later, I got a phone call from my pension system saying, Mr. Reed, today is your last day of work tomorrow you start uh, retirement due to disability. And um, it was, I did, it was really unexpected after they told me it was going to be six to nine months, but um, it happened. And I just thought, well, maybe it's because my case was so severe. You know, I didn't have any records or any tests that say why I was in the condition I was in. I didn't have an official diagnosis at that time other than myofascial pain syndrome and neuropathy. 
And uh, that's basically the doctor saying, we, we know you're in pain, but we just don't know what's really wrong with you. And um, that disability retirement route, um, I also helped it go along faster because I kept a pain journal for the last six months that I worked there. For any pain that I felt one through 10 throughout any of my eight hour day, I wrote it down in a journal. And to say that I concentrated on it the entire time I was there would be an understatement. And I, of course, now knowing what I do, uh, got much worse because of it. And um, once I was finally granted that disability retirement, I thought it was going to be a weight lifted off my shoulders. Um, I'm no longer working. I can concentrate on getting my body healthy again. Um, and um, I can't remember if I told this in the last one or not, but I was also paying for a disability um, insurance at that time that I got through my work through an insurance provider. And the gentleman who sold me the insurance had said, you know, this is going to be great for you because you have a pre-existing condition. And this is a great plan for people with a pre-existing condition because you don't have to sign anything if you sign up. And I thought, great, you know, this is you know, something I'm probably going to look at in the future. And I signed up for it. And so when I was um, granted disability retirement, I went to go collect my insurance because that was going to pay me 75% of my salary for the next two years while I fought for social security. And um, I called them up, said, Hey, I wanted to file my claim. And they said, okay, Mr. Reed, Reed you got to file this other, uh, fill out this other piece of paper that says, you are not filing this due to a pre-existing condition. And I said, wait, I was never told I have to fill this out. You know, the, the guy who sold me the insurance never said that. And well, we're sending it to you and I can't fill it out. There's nothing I can say because I obviously have a pre-existing condition. And even though it doesn't have an official diagnosis, you can look back on my medical history the last couple of years and you're going to see, yeah, this guy definitely has a pre-existing condition. So um, I went from being comfortable, being able to pay my rent, and my bills, and knowing I was going to have money in the bank for the next two years to basically um, almost becoming homeless overnight. And on top of having to give up a career that um, I thought I was going to be retiring from um, to having to retire all of a sudden to having this crazy pain that was never going away to being in my mid thirties, being forced to retire due to it. And then becoming practically homeless overnight was, um, it was tough, man. Um, I've worked since I was 16 years old and to not be able to physically take care of myself financially, I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, luckily my, um, then girlfriend, now wife, uh, Jenny, she said, you know, um, I can take care of us for a little while. Why don't we think about moving in together? And that's what we ended up doing. But, um, you know, I spent the next year after we moved in together, um, in bed. Um, but you know, even the move that we had was just, it was so tough on my body. Um, it was myself, her and two other people. And, um, the, the other gentleman and I, he and I did most of the work, uh, all the heavy lifting throughout the day, moving two places. And, I ended up not being able to walk for four days afterwards. Um, it just, it kicked my ass in every which way it possibly could. I was in bed, couldn't walk, couldn't move, you know, fatigue, um, pain up and down the entire body. And um, we ended up, the day I felt the best, we ended up going to Target. And um, that's a, <laughs> it's a real infamous day for me. It's a day that I think about every single morning when I wake up. It's uh, something I think about every single time I train. Um, we're going through Target and we walk through the door and I'm barely walking that day, but it's the first day that I can actually get up and physically move and walk. And it was uh, the first time that I sat my ass in one of those electric carts um, in any of the stores. And man, was that a motherfucker <laughs> to be in my mid thirties, barely walking. Um, 
after just doing some pretty physical shit for a few days, moving um, two households and um, and it sucked. But my uh, my wife took a picture of me in that in that electric cart. I'm showing my displeasure, you know, throwing up the bird. But man, does that photo motivate the shit out of me on a daily basis? Um, something severe. And um, I'm real thankful she took that photo as a reminder of that day because not only does it motivate me, it keeps me really focused on what my goals are. Um, but anyway, um, so we, we end up moving in together and I spend that next year in bed. I'm feeling sorry for myself. I can't move. I'm not walking often. I'm feeding myself a bunch of shit food, just trying to get that quick fix into feeling well and um, after about three months, man, I started going crazy because I've, you know, I've worked two jobs for years. Um, I've usually been pretty active doing shit, doing shit, whether it be something stupid or whatever. But the fact that I laid in bed and barely left the house for three months, I was starting to go crazy. And um, I started to get out of the house a little bit and just get out into the sun. And, um, a few more months go by. And after that year, um, my wife just said, you know, we got to get out of the house. We got to do something. And let's just, let's just drive up the coast for a few days, no agenda, and just see what we do and what we can end up doing and just enjoy some time together. Um, we ended up driving up the coast of California, um, all the way up the coast, about 12 hours to where my um, best friend of 30 years lives. Um, and driving up there, it's just beautiful redwoods and unbelievable coastline. And my wife would nap while I drive, and I did a lot of thinking. And I mean, a lot of thinking during those during those was just beautiful drives and getting to go see my friend was just reinvigorating. It just really made me feel alive again. We hadn't seen each other in a while. Um, she's a new mom and it was just everything I needed between the drive and seeing her. And uh, I came back from that trip. Um, the next day um, I decided to try to get my life back and I walked for the first time um, with purpose in a couple of years, man. And I walked for about a half a mile and it was a real struggle to get back, man. That last 10 feet, I was barely moving. And if I would have had to walk another 50 feet, I would have been crawling. And I think about that often, man, especially when I do anything physical today, I think about that day and how far I've come. Um, and I started to get back on the treadmill because I thought, you know, I really loved hiking. It made me feel alive. Um, I loved being out in nature instead of just being inside under fluorescent lights in the gym. And so I started getting back on the treadmill real slowly. And I remembered my, um, my orthopedic doctor who signed my paperwork, um, went back to the pain management class again, ended up going through the entire um, pain management um, eight-week course that they had. And this time I was ready for it. And it was a whole new experience. It really opened my mind to new possibilities of what I can do. And it allowed me to let go of the, the why me statements and the, you know, the woe is me feeling sorry for myself bullshit that I had done for the previous year. And while I was going through that program, um, one of the doctors who was in that program encouraged me to get into the gym and mix it up. So look, your body's going to get used to that treadmill real fast. And, you know, you just need to move a little bit more. So. Uh, my apartments have a, a little decent gym here with some machines. And so I ended up um, doing a bunch of exercise. You know, I did some weightlifting when I was in high school um, at a weights class, which is all bodybuilding. That's all I really knew. So just doing the same kind of stuff that I knew as a kid. And anyway, six months go by and 
I end up kicking the crap out of myself in the gym for like two and a half hours, you know, a couple of times a week. And I'm really starting to feel shitty. I mean, thinking, you know, maybe it's just a little too much, but you know, it just doesn't feel good. And um, I had an ex who had found some great success with kettlebells. She had lost about 50 pounds and got crazy strong um, with some nutrition and using kettlebells for about six months. And she had encouraged me um, early on when I started feeling shitty to try and use them. But at that time, I couldn't even pick up, you know, boxers. No way I was going to try to hold a giant cannonball with a handle on it. So, um, you know, I said, you know what? She found some success with that. You know, I started reading about it and I went out and bought a 35 pound kettlebell. I thought, you know, I moved pretty well. I was, you know, kind of athletic when I was a kid. This should be no problem. I did a 30 minute beginner YouTube workout with a kettlebell and <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Ended up in bed for four days again. <laughs> the fourth time I got my ass kicked in my life. Um, trying to do kettlebell swings with no technique was probably not the best of my ideas in life. But, um, you know, that spurred me on to um, find somebody that could teach me technique. And um, lo and behold, I ended up going to a wonderful facility called the Republic of Strength, where um, the owner Owens, uh, his mom has got some conditions like I, so he is, he's great. And when I walked in, um, you know, he was, first thing out of his mouth was always, all right, Joe, how are you feeling today? And if I said anything other than great, he'd always say, take it easy. And I would look at him like, this motherfucker is telling me to take it easy when I'm in, coming in here to just push my foot, foot to the gas pedal to the floor, man. You know, it's, and when I felt good, I wanted to just go, 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 because I could wake up to the next day and be in bed. Right. So, um, you know, I got some kettlebell instruction and started feeling a little bit better. Um, so between the, the mental tools that I got and the, some of the physical exercise I was starting to do, some of the movement I was starting to do that I never had, I started to feel a little bit better. And, um, at that time, I wanted to get back to work because I was starting to feel a little bit better. But um, I didn't think I could get back to my old job doing warehouse work, but I started, you know, going down that path. And, you know, I got really close to a couple of jobs um, and just didn't make it. It was, it was cool. Um, I started doing some other stuff on the side just to kind of make a little bit of income. I had a little bit of a, a retirement income that really isn't much, especially in Southern California. But started to supplement it with some other little stuff and you know after about five or six jobs that I had thought I was going to get and ended up not getting um, I got a little frustrated and um, I was starting to really kick ass um, physically um, I had there's no way I was going to be falling you know I started to feel really strong I was starting to do some real, real crazy physical stuff uh, like uh, Turkish get-ups that I thought like what is this the first time I saw that and next thing you know I'm starting to do that stuff so um, after a while I um, started posting some of my videos of my workouts online and I started getting messages from some of my friends um, and people I know like wow man I can't believe you're doing this. this is really cool you're inspiring me you know the fact that you're doing this and I know that you've been going through some shit you know that's just awesome man you're inspiring me um i started hearing some people talk about that and that was that was kind of cool but i didn't think anything of it you know like hey make this a job but you know during around that time i had also um a little bit before that but i had gone um back to my doctor because i was still feeling shitty and um just not feeling myself and what i should and i went and saw uh, my third neurologist and 
we went through all the physical tests that, that a rheumatologist had given me before for um, fibromyalgia. He's touching all 18 trigger points. And it's like, man, you got fibromyalgia. I'm just like, I don't know why anybody hasn't given me this diagnosis before. And, and once I got that diagnosis, you know, I kind of skipped over this, but once I got that diagnosis, it was just, I finally have a diagnosis. Um, I can finally figure out the path to health again because I have a diagnosis. And man, that was, that couldn't be any farther from the truth. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's the way it goes with most people, autoimmune conditions. I mean, most chronic pain, you know, anything is what's, I don't know what it is. And once we get that diagnosis, we hold on real tight. And that's what I did until I decided to just let go of what it was because it didn't, I wasn't going to let it define me anymore. I let that define me for that year that I was in bed, you know, telling everybody, I have fibromyalgia. I finally know what I have. I have this. I am this. And that was the worst thing that I could have done. It just made me worse and worse. And once I let that go, let that mentality go, let that mindset go, things started getting a little better. All that movement started to make me feel a little better. And uh, it wasn't until um, I had this lady who was going to the same kettlebell studio I was. Um, it was her second day there. Um, she had walked up to me while I was getting ready and introduced herself. Um, I had made um, a testimonial video for the owner of the studio about my condition and how much working at his studio has helped me improve. And um, he put the video out there and she had seen the video. And She comes up to me and she introduced herself. She said, are you Joe? Are you the guy in the video? I said, yeah, that's me. And she said, you know, hey, my name is, uh, I think her name was Karen. She said, hey, my name's Karen. And I just wanted to let you know that you give me hope. I have MS and seeing your video really inspires me. And man, was that heavy. I mean, hearing people tell me that I inspire them was, was really kind of weird. I've never had that feeling before. I never had anybody tell me, Hey Joe, you're inspiring me for any reason. And to have somebody with such a serious medical condition, um, get in there and do some real physical work and that I was helping them get off their butt. And there was, wow, really heavy. And that was the first time I had a thought that, you know, there might be something to me changing careers. And, um, I had a couple more people tell me once I had posted some other videos, like, wow, Joe, you know, I've got this condition. I have this going on and, you know, you give me hope that I can get better. And that's uh, those are real powerful statements, especially to somebody like me who's extremely driven and motivated by what my condition has given me. Um, I used to think that my condition took my life away and um, fast forward a few years and having pain-free days and, I realize how much my condition has been a gift to me. Um, it's allowed me to forge unbelievably deep connections with people in a way that I never could allow myself to do because I couldn't be in that headspace. Um, it's allowed me to get into a new career. It's allowed me to have an appreciation for being physically able that most of us absolutely take for granted severely. Um, being in your mid thirties and having your ability to walk taken away and not having an answer why is scary fucking shit. And falling five times in my thirties, even though I was carrying heavy ass boxes around the day before, like that's man, it's, it's crazy. So I have a lot of perspective because of my condition and it's given me so much gratitude to not only be physically able to do things on a daily basis, but to teach people now how to get through through their lives, to get through their conditions. Man, I have I'm 
I have such a gift now because I went through so much. I was humbled in a way that <laughs> I don't wish upon anybody, honestly, but because of what I went through, um, it's given me a lot of gifts, a lot of tools and a major perspective to live a very different life full of gratitude and love and giving um, that, you know, years ago, that was not my course of action in life. That was nowhere near the top of my list of what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, um, my life is on a different course now and I'm so thankful for what my condition has given me, you know? So there's always so much to unpack there. This is the third time I've heard this story and it's just, <laughs> so, um, um, so what was the, what was the turning point that got you to kind of where you're at now? Cause you started to have your pain-free days because of your training and your, um, you just being an athlete, uh, was there somebody that you finally saw that was like, this is what's really going on and everything else has just been a symptom. Um, at one point, you know, early on, no, um, for me, the biggest turning point was, um, you know, it was the mindset, the, the movement, but the nutrition. Once I got my nutrition under control for about nine months, I was just dialed in. Those are when I had my first pain-free days, man. Yeah. And I didn't realize it because I wasn't concentrating on it anymore. I was walking with my good friend and mentor and walking down the street um, from having lunch and we were talking about it. And I said, wow, I, dude, I've had pain-free days for a while now. I just don't think about it anymore. It just hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, but... Yeah. Um, for me, the, I mean, the biggest impact for me was, um, going to the FHS workshop, man. Um, you know, everything I had figured out on my own before that, I didn't yeah. have any doctors, any clinicians, any physicians, anybody that I saw that gave me some real concrete answers. Yeah. But when we went to the FHS workshop, man, I had my head blown apart. And so much so like the, the drive, I had an hour and like 10 minute drive home after the, the second day. And I just turned off my radio and I just reflected on the entire weekend and all the information that was processed and all the information that was presented to us and having answers for my condition after um, what, almost, almost nine years now, man, um, that was some real heavy shit. It was, it was, um, monumental in my life to the point that, you know, it's making me kind of pivot off of doing my own personal training to health coaching now with people because it hit me that hard and it's, it impacted me so much. It's kind of all I want to really research and study about right now. And I'm right. taking a deep dive into it, um, putting all of the things on the back burner because of it. And man, life changing, life changing. I've got um, autoimmune conditions at home with my wife and my stepdaughter and it's going to change our households, you know? So it's, yeah, that, that was the biggest one for sure. And so that's the crazy part. And we had like, I had this kind of epiphany in the last conversation as well, where you're like, man, that course changed my life. And I'm like, hold on a second. Cause this feels like the way that you're talking feels like, like that happened years and years ago, but this is like up until the point that I met you. Yeah. Absolutely, man. That's and, just, just a few months ago. And so then like, just uh, knowing what I've learned over the last couple of years, just you moving and starting to walk again, and then you starting to do kettlebell training, and that all starts to kind of reduce inflammation because then you're getting your lymphatic system pumping. And right. then 
you know, you getting your nutrition dad in because you'd mentioned that you were stuck in bed just eating garbage just so you could get that little dopamine hit of eating that stuff that tastes really good, but yeah. it was only that temporary fix. But then you got your nutrition dialed in, and then so eventually you were just kind of taking the steps in the right direction. Right. So, but then going to that FHS course, um, you know, like, because uh, I've never experienced anything remotely close to what you experienced, but I have clients who do. Yeah. And the reason why I went to that course is because there was this huge gap in my understanding mm-hmm. where I'm just like, why aren't these people getting better? And I was getting so frustrated. And I'm like, anything I can do helps him for a little bit. And what I realized at this course is that I was doing kind of what your doctors were doing where I was like chasing symptoms. Oh, you're not sleeping because of your adrenal fatigue. You're not, um, you're, you're not doing this because of this or because of that. And so I would touch on it and it would get better, but only temporarily. And then they'd be right back to normal. I'm like, shit. And so, but like you said, that, that FHS course is a game changer, man. And I just can't be more grateful because there's people that come in and they just start explaining stuff to me and, and they, I ask a couple questions and I'm like, Oh, it's this. And if you do this, you'll feel better. And so like, let's talk about what you uh, determined about yourself uh, during that FHS course. Yeah, that was a big one for me, man. Um, Going through, uh, we had a, I had a mock um, consultation with uh, Dr. Gillespie and in about 10 minutes, my head just exploded because, I mean, he just went through the very easiest steps asking questions that he knows of and um, basically kind of the conclusion that uh, mono, the Epstein-Barr virus, which I had at age 14, which um, I had previously seen a functional medicine doctor and mentioned that was one thing that I really mentioned from my history that made a huge change for me, my health. Um, that was the main driver for my fibromyalgia and my chronic fatigue. Um, my pain, I have pretty much under control. I don't have flare-ups very often anymore. I've had probably six or seven or eight this year, and maybe for a total, or sorry, last year, never in 2019, but maybe for a total of like a month of total pain. But I've definitely had some serious, serious bouts with chronic fatigue, um, even still today. Yeah. And um, that gave me real solid answers. Um, I thought about... Um, uh, I had a real hard training regimen last February where I was really kicking the shit out of myself, doing a lot of high tension work. And I thought I just kind of fried my CNS by just doing too much high tension work because I had a, a training day where I didn't recover for almost five hours. And then uh, my, my next one, I didn't recover for two and a half hours. I felt like I just wanted to die. So I took a deload week and I was still getting fatigued. Um, but that, that was the big one, man. It was, it was the Epstein bar that I figured out that was really driving that chronic fatigue state. So um, I've changed my training significantly because of it. Um, um, our mutual friend, Jackie Wu has had a big hand in that. Yeah. Um, had we're at a, a workshop together earlier this year and she's like, Joe, you have fibromyalgia. Why are you doing all this high tension, double kettlebell complex shit? And she goes, why don't you just take, cause I was about to start a new program. She says, why don't you take the next six weeks and just take it easy on your body. So I didn't, man, I felt great. And I still kept my strength levels, you know, I didn't lose anything and I felt amazing. So that made me change my, my training now to doing, you know, some easy stuff, some balance work, some vestibular work, some visual work. And then I'll do, you know, two to four lifts depending on what I'm doing. But finding out that 
I have to now walk a very fine line with my training because of the Epstein-Barr virus was beyond valuable, man. I mean, yeah. now I know that I have to walk a fine line. I can't push to a certain degree or else I'm going to, I'm going to push myself into that chronic fatigue state and it's not fun. So I've recognized that that Epstein-Barr virus is going to drive my stress response, my immune response for any time I have stress, whether it be from training or at home or work. And uh, that was, man, I mean, that 10 minute little consultation, mock consultation we had was, that was one of the, probably the biggest dose of knowledge in 10 minutes I'll ever get in my life. At least that yeah. it impacted me on an extremely personal level, obviously. Right. So like while we were sitting in class, I remember him talking and then me thinking about this client that I've had for a year and she was coming in once a week and was her pain was getting worse and her anxiety was getting worse and her depression was getting worse. And I was just like, what the hell? And I remember like she was doing fine and was doing um, a, uh, a bunch of strength training with me. And then she just got hit with this stomach bug and it just crushed her for like a week and a half. And then she, when she came back from that, her health and her ability to um, handle load, like any kind of load, whether it was just, uh, uh, you know, like anything, like even just stretching, like she would stretch and be in pain for like seven or eight days. Wow. And, man. Yeah. And like, and I couldn't figure it out. And I was, like I said, I was touching on the symptoms. I was like getting her, her adrenals. I was getting her lymphatic system. I was getting all this different stuff. And then he started talking about, uh, candida overgrowth and mm -hmm. then he started talking about like the immune system and how you affect this and how you affect that and I was texting her as he was talking about it do this go buy this shit like figure this out right now and then you know she had like such bad uh like candida overgrowth that she started to go through the candida die-off symptoms mm -hmm. and which where she got worse almost and so then I was able to manage it like through like supporting the liver so she could help detox everything. And, and now she's great, but like, it's kind of the same thing like you're talking about where we have to be really careful with her training to where she doesn't kind of push it past that point because you know, that's how your body responds to stress. Like once you've had that, first initial kind of kicking the balls then after that it's just like you got to really manage it and, and I can't believe how incredibly effective it is and so like one out of five clients that I have I ask all the questions and somebody has mm -hmm. something you know and, yep. and even if it's uh and so now as part of my assessment I just uh palpate the lymphatic system from you know like the uh, dr perry's lymphatic mojo video just start at just start behind the ears go all the way down to the feet and if they have pain in every single spot you have chronic inflammation right. and that chronic inflammation is caused by something and right. this is how you figure it out and so that's essentially what fibromyalgia is it's chronic inflammation and you're going to these doctors who unfortunately can't really spend time with you and are only trained to look down this one lane of whatever it is. And if you don't fit in with that, then you're like, I guess we'll try this and we'll see how you feel. Or uh, that sucks, I can't help you. 
don't run anymore, I guess. You know what I mean? Or don't, (laughs) or don't stop working. If working causes you pain, stop. You know what I mean? You shouldn't have to stop doing the things that you do, which is really passionate about why I got into healing people is because like, just, uh, I hadn't been an athlete my whole life. So then when I finally decided to start martial arts practice, then an athlete became my identity. And then, you know, like we were talking about how you love to go hiking, you love to be active and you love to be outside. But as soon as that identity stripped from you, then you're just like, well, now what do I do? Right. You know what I mean? Like even just like rolling an ankle or being like, well, shit, now I can't train for like two weeks. Now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Sit around and like watch TV, I guess. And you know what I mean? Like, and then you get all depressed and then you start eating, you know, the, the comfort food. And then yeah. That just makes the inflammation even worse. And then it's just this compounding thing, right? And so it is. Yeah. And I mean, I think that your story is so important because even in the end, you just kept trying, man. And then your your wife being your support structure is so helpful. And just like her not giving up on you, I think is like a critical point of what got you to where you are now. Oh man, that's a, that's a great point actually, because yeah, I mean, without her support in every conceivable way, and it really was, um, I wouldn't be here and yeah, I would have been homeless. I mean, I might've been living on my friend's trailer on her I mean, she's me in so many ways, not just physically off the ground. I mean, she was my rock, still is. You know, she's my bigger supporter. She's my biggest fan. She supports me in everything that I do. Doesn't matter how much that course is, you need to take it because it's going to make you better. I mean, it's, and I got, I hit the jackpot when yeah. my wife and I met, and I remind her of that very, very often. And it's still not enough. You know, it's, she inspires me on a daily basis in many, many different ways. And, you know, if I didn't have her, fuck, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be half the human I am today. And I definitely wouldn't be half of the knowledgeable trainer and health coach that I am today too, because, you know, she is my number one driver now that I can take care of myself. I know what I have. I know how to get through it with um, the condition that I have and the skills that I have and the knowledge I have. My, goal now is to get her feeling well so i'm gonna try to repay her for what she's done for me there's there's no amount of money that i can you know but with my my skills i think i can now yeah and i think that the way that you repay her is by making sure that other people don't suffer like you did yeah you know what i mean and i think that that's and you know i was uh taking perry's uh primal movement chains months ago i don't even remember what month i just went on a education rampage last year but (laughs) Um, we were having lunch with him and uh, one of my friends that I went to massage school with was like, how do we change the medical system in the way that it's practiced? And he said, the only way that you can do that is start with the outliers and work your way in. You know what I mean? So the more people that we get to take this course, the more people that we have as outliers and the more we start to affect people and make a positive change in the world. You know what I mean? So like I'm trying to encourage everybody I can because it's just this huge thing and it's and and like you experience pain can be so debilitating you know like i can't even i can't even clearly articulate how 
incredibly valuable this course is, you know, like it's worth so much more than what they're charging for it. Yeah. And, and the way that they make it so, such a complex thing, so much easier to understand to where you can apply it immediately to everybody, you know, this yeah. insane. Like, yeah, that's the crazy part. <laughs> yeah. Because you're just like, really? Okay. So all I have to do is give them some mushrooms and they feel better. And they're like, yeah. And you're like, okay, well let's give it hell, man. Let's everybody have mushrooms. You know what I mean? Just asking the right questions. It's, it's uh, bonkers. So, you know, you had, you mentioned your career change where you're a trainer now, mm-hmm. but uh, you said now that you're a health coach essentially. Yeah, I'm doing both. Um, making a transition, still doing both. Um, but um, I finally have a couple clients under my belt where I'm taking them through some nutritional protocols, trying to heal their gut, um, and just trying to work with their autoimmune conditions. Um, my first one, yeah, man, I, I bit off more than I can chew, and I'm really happy about it, actually. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I get that everybody's going to be different. But, um, yeah, I have a client that's got some pretty severe ulcerative colitis um, was almost dead at 18 because of severe digestive issues, 35 years old now, um, had their colon removed, rectum removed, has a colostomy bag, and has a, a host of pretty serious medical issues, and it all starts in the gut. Um, yeah. Just uh, going through the intake and going through our first consultation, you know, is pretty overwhelming at how much of a severe candida infection uh, my client has and you know so much so that western medicine has identified it at one point too but yeah um the outbreaks she has are are wild so um, i'm still doing personal training that's not going away um i'm going to be launching my website within the next probably six weeks eight weeks or so might even be before that um, i'm going to be just working specifically with autoimmune community online i'll be doing health coaching um to repair leaky gut I'm working with Candida, SIBO, anybody that needs help in the autoimmune community, and then also developing training protocols for the autoimmune community too. So, um, you know, like you, I have went on a, an education rampage last year, and um, you know, I filled my brain with a lot of great stuff. And you know, right now I um, I'm just finishing up at a, a corporate, but I'm uh, basically only working with special populations. Yeah, uh, I've worked with plenty of athletes. I've worked with some professional and some collegiate athletes and you know, do really well with that. But my lane is staying with the people that need the most help, the people that most personal trainers and coaches are not going to be able to work with. They have no fucking clue how to work with right. other than, hey, let's get you stretched out. Um, and I've taken a hell of a lot of pride in gaining some real incredible knowledge and some skills and tools that I can help those communities with. You know, I've worked with um, clients that are blind. I've worked with multiple clients that have strokes. I've worked with multiple clients that are in wheelchairs and disabled. I've worked with a lot of senior citizens um, with, I mean, you name it, every type of condition. Um, and it's been invaluable. Um, it's given me just not only unbelievable knowledge, but a great education on how to help people in different ways. Um, I've taken all of my skills and all of the ways that I've been able to help people. And I've figured out some pretty good ways to help people move. You know, um, nobody gave me a template. I kind of figured out shit on my own and I might've done things um, a little more aggressively than I would ask anybody in my condition to do, but I made it. Um, I pushed through a lot and I'm, I'm one of those people that doesn't give up. I'm a real survivor and fighter. So I don't expect, everybody to be like that but once you've hit rock bottom and you're ready 
to do about anything. Um, I'm going to be there for people. Um, I'm going to show them the way to start moving again in ways that our body was meant to move rather than just like, Hey, we're going to go hit some uh, back squats and some deadlifts and do some pushups. Like, Hey, that's great stuff. But if you've been um, sedentary for a long time and you've been in pain, that's not the right course for you. So. Right. And so I health coaching and developing the specific protocols. Yeah. And so we're in the same boat right now. So I, um, you know, I'm a massage therapist and that's kind of where I started out. Now, um, I, uh, have kind of my own thing going and it's, uh, the same thing, but I follow all these massage groups on Facebook and they're like, well, how much do you charge for deep tissue or how much do you charge for that? And I'm like, it's the same thing. It's all the same stuff. So like, you know, like what you're talking about, like getting these people from doing absolutely nothing to, to figuring out their autoimmune disease, to figuring out how to uh, manage their chronic inflammation and then starting the training process and then getting them stronger. Because like if you get 50% stronger, a lot of your pain goes away. And so, yeah. So like it's all the same thing. And it's all, so we all start from somewhere. And so that's kind of where I've been focusing on for the last like three or four months is figuring out kind of a system on where if you're here, then you start here. But if you come into me and you do an assessment and you have a decent squat and you have a decent deadlift, then we might need to regress you a little bit, but then you start higher than this person. And then you start like lower than this person and everybody starts somewhere else. And so That's one of the things where, you know, I've been coaching CrossFit for close to a decade and everybody shouldn't be squatting. And everybody shouldn't shouldn't be deadlifting and everybody shouldn't be using bands to do things. They should use bands to make things harder. You know what I mean? So it's like, and so right now I'm like my, um, like what I, what I'm formulating, what I do is integrated health and, uh, performance optimization. So then you have to think about what your performance is because mm-hmm. that's an important distinction. And so not everybody is going to be trying to, you know, go to the CrossFit games or be an elite level athlete, but your performance is being a dad. Your performance is being a husband. Your performance is being, you know, a human being like your performance early on was walking half a mile. So I am going to do what I can to optimize you walking half a mile. You know what I mean? And then your performance is fluid. And so is your optimization protocols. You know what I mean? So like, that's kind of where my head's at. And like, I think that, that, you know, if you take the right combination of education and meet the right combination of people, then you can really start making a difference, man. And I think that you waking up with the gratitude that you can actually do something is huge because then you get to impart that upon other people. And, and your story, like I said, is really important, man. Like, you know, cause you can, you can walk up to people and be like the superhuman and be like, Oh, I know what you're talking about. And people are like, no, you don't, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> absolutely. Do, right. And so, you know, like, uh, you know, my story wasn't as critical as yours, but it was pretty bad. You know, I was eating fast food like three days a week or three times a day. 
I was drinking alcohol excessively. I was smoking cigarettes. I was like, you know, I weighed at my, my heaviest, I weighed 270 pounds. Wow. And then for my first jujitsu tournament, I weighed 178 pounds. Wow, man. You know I mean? So like, you know, I was at the extreme end, you know, and it's like, you can make a difference. You just have to put the effort in. And it's like, the, and that's kind of like a, I think we touched on this in the last one too. There's, there's like this immediate expectation for people mm-hmm. and they want, they're like, I want, I, my neck hurts. I need you to come in and fix it. And so if I can't fix it in that thing, then they just give up on me and go somewhere else. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like, you need to put some effort in here. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, man. It's not, it's not a quick fix, especially with this type of stuff too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a long, slow process, but it's worth it. And right. you know, with, with the skills that you and I have, with the knowledge you and I have, you know, we can make somebody feel better pretty quickly though too, but right. it's not overnight. You know, my, my whole process, honestly, for me starting to, from when I gave up my job, it took me a solid two and a half years right. before I had my first pain-free day. And that was six years after I started having pain on a daily basis. Right. Um, it was a long, slow process and I still deal with fatigue. I still deal with pain every once in a while. It's, it's still an everyday process, still an everyday fight. But once people understand and can appreciate that, you know, it's, well, how long, you know, like I always tell like that last client, how long did it take you to get this heavy? Well, how long have you been in this condition? Right. 10 years. You think that shit's going to go away in a month? You're fucking crazy. Right. You know, it's, it's going to take some time. But if, if you've hit your rock bottom and you're in it for the long haul, man, I got some, I got some great stuff that's going to make you feel better. Right. Some time. And so I learned a really important thing uh, during my last course of last year. Um, and they said that it takes, if you develop a movement dysfunction, it takes you 10 times as long to get rid of it completely. And so like, that's a, that's the question I ask a lot of people, how long did it take you to get here? Because it's going to take us a while to get back. You know what I mean? Like, your Achilles tendonitis didn't just come out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> you earned it. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, you definitely did. <laughs> right. And so, um, you know, talking to uh, a mutual friend, Michael Muller, who had dinner with us, um, yeah. he was, he said something really important just from, you know, the, the male horm- hormone standpoint, because we got to talking about that, like, because that's what his specialty is, is, you know, if you, have an erectile dysfunction and you come to me, you should have came to see me five years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's kind of where I'm at now and trying to kind of educate people on that. And it's going to be like a really slow education. Like if you, if, if it took you five years to gain like 200 pounds, it's going to probably take you that long to get it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, speaking of which, if you, Listen to David Goggins' new book. No, I haven't. Oh, my God. That guy is bananas. And so I'm actually on my second time through it um, right now, and I'm probably going listen to listen to it like three or four more times before the end of the year. But uh, he talks about how he wanted to be a Navy SEAL, and he went into the recruiter's office, and they're like, you got to lose 106 pounds in three months because he was close to, to 300 pounds and he needed to get down to 196 for his size. And so 
it, he just like kind of similar to you. He just like, okay, I got to suck it up. I got to do stuff that I don't want to do. And like one of my favorite uh, quotes from him is that, you know, motivation is a lie. It doesn't exist. You know what I mean? You got to go and do it no matter what, you know what I mean? Like you got to, you got to wake up and do these protocols for your immune system, no matter what you got to do it. And you're, if you want to get in shape, you got to do stuff that's going to get you in shape every day, no matter what, because you're never going to be motivated. You're always going to be tired. There's always going to be, right. You know, some kind of drama. There's always going to be, you hate your boss. There's always going to be, you've gotten a fight with your sister or your mom or your dad or whatever, or your husband or boyfriend or wife or girlfriend or whatever it is. There's always something. And it's, your life is never perfect. So you got to go out and do the stuff. And so another thing that I had to kind of wrap my head around this year that David Goggins also put into perspective for me was, you know, when I started my martial arts training and then when I started to transition into CrossFit, like everything that I did about my nutrition was for competition. And so I made sure that I had competitions every three or four months so that I always had something to train for. So I was always eating right. And so now what he says is there is no finish line. You just got to go and you got to keep going. And so that's like one of the things where I'm like, Oh, so I do this forever. God. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, you know, my, one of my new year's resolutions is, and just from listening to that book that, um, and he inspired me so much was to just eat healthy for a whole year. And like some people just do that. But for me, it's hard because I started out, well, I have a cage fight in two months. So I got to lose weight for that. Well, I have a jujitsu tournament in four months. So I got to keep my weight down. I have a CrossFit competition. I need to be as light as possible so I can do as many pull-ups as I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now that I don't compete anymore, I'm like, well, what do I do? Because then I do these 30-day or 60-day diets, and then they just jump right off the wagon and shoot it with a bazooka and then start eating <laughs> all the time again. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so then it's it just becomes this huge thing. So, And if you like listen to his book and you listen to the accomplishments this guy did, like finishing three hell weeks on broken legs, running his first 100-mile race with broken feet, like – doing all this crazy stuff and like to the point where he was in the Navy and was really inspirational. So they made him a recruiter and everywhere that he would travel to talk to people, he would do a hundred mile race to the point where he ran a hundred mile race every weekend for eight weeks. So, yeah. It's crazy. Wow. And so nobody's going to do that. That's cool. But like if he can do that, then I could probably eat healthy for a year. You know what I mean? Like it's just discipline and effort. You know what I mean? And you know, one of my other favorite quotes of this year is like, if you don't, if you don't have time, then that means you just chose to do something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to choose to put in the effort and like going back to what, you know, I said about like the motivation thing, like there's times like 99 times out of a hundred, you're going to get home and not want to clean your house. But then that way your house never gets clean. So <laughs> just fucking clean it. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? You're never going to have the motivation to do that. No right. matter how easy your life is or how fulfilling your life is, you're just like, Ugh, dishes. You still have to do them. Just, just do them. You know what I mean? It's going to be painful no matter what. And so, you know, that's kind of where, that's what makes me 
like think of you is like you've just been you're you're pretty dialed in now after you know having all your education and, and getting everything kind of figured out and so there's no finish line for you and so especially for you and with the, the population that you're dealing with like you have to lead by example and so you know what I mean and so you can't just be like well you should probably eat healthy and then go have like a pizza that's not how that works right yeah Right. As I was talking to Dr. Gillespie, um, he and I were talking on the phone and he, uh, we were talking about one of my clients. He says, you know, after a while, you're probably going to get really bored with this. You know, that's just, you know, everybody's different, but it's kind of pretty much standard protocol. And I said, nope, you're wrong. I said, I will never get bored with this. I said, when you've been through what I've been through and when you realize that you can impact somebody's life at a level that I've had my life impacted by you, there's no possible way I can ever get bored doing this, you know, to have somebody with like, I've, I've had some pretty big accomplishments training people and coaching people. Yeah. Um, but nothing can ever come close to having somebody tell me that I help them feel well, right. because that's, that's all I've been chasing for the last nine years. My health and wellness is my number one priority. And if somebody tells me, Joe, before I met you, I felt like this and now I feel like this and my whole life is so much better. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to burst into tears, man, because there isn't any amount of money I would have paid to have that same experience over the last several years of my life. Yeah. So then that brings up the power of gratitude, right? So like you going through this horrendous experience and then being so grateful every day that you wake up that you're not in pain and then wanting to give that to other people. Like you can't be bored if you're grateful, right? You can't be. Yeah. And so that's a huge thing. And then another thing that I wanted to talk to you about is mindset, right? So I have a lot of people that are like, man, I've had this neck pain for eight years and I've been coming to see you for eight years and it's not going away. And I'm like, I keep telling them, Hey, we can unpack that if you want. But the reality is, is that you are your neck pain. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that, let's talk about that a little bit, the mindset that you had where you're just like, well, finally, I have fibromyalgia, finally. Mm-hmm. And then getting to the point where you're just like, no, I don't want fibromyalgia, that's bullshit. And then just kind of getting over it, you know? Let's talk yeah. about that. Uh, that was a tough one, man, because I had just been chasing any type of diagnosis for a long time. Anybody that could tell me I have something, that's all I wanted to know. Just so I could Google search it, basically. <laughs> that's all it really was when I look back at it. And that's unfortunately how most people are. But you know, once, um, once I even got the original diagnosis of myofascial pain syndrome and just neuropathy, I thought, okay, well, at least I kind of have an idea of what I have now, even though there's no real treatment for anything. At least I know. But you know, having, having that diagnosis of just a big question mark didn't make me feel any more comfort. But when I got that fibromyalgia diagnosis, man, that was like, the angels were singing, man. The, the weight of the world was off my shoulders. So I finally knew what I had. Yeah. But I didn't get any better. I got worse. You right. know, so the, the, the mindset thing for me was, all right, well, I had, now the, the biggest change was, okay, I accept it. And whenever my pain would flare up, especially my pain or my fatigue, or sometimes both, um, it was instead of, fuck, here we go again, man. Why me? How many days am I going to spend in bed this time? You know, and that was every single time it came on. It was, okay, starting to feel like shit. That's cool. It's going to pass at some point. I'm not going to feel like this forever. Just accept it. 
try to get on with my day as best as possible. And the more I did that, the more I found it was easier to get through my day when I did have a flare up. And it was much easier for me to push through my day rather than just throw my hands up in the air and give up and, oh, here we go again. You know, it's like that shit got real old too. But when I started fighting it, when I started just letting go of my diagnosis, not letting that define me, that allowed me to start moving a little bit more. It allowed me to start feeling a little bit better. And if I start feeling a little bit better, I'm going to notice and I'm going to take some inventory about what the hell's been making me feel better. And when I started to feel better, I noticed that the only thing that I started to change was my mindset. Yeah. And was that powerful being more mindful of what I was doing throughout my day, being more present, practicing mindfulness throughout my day rather than just concentrating on, well, I'm in pain constantly. This is all I'm going to concentrate on. Oh, that hurt. Oh God, that hurt too. Rather than do that and, and just, you know, have a meal that'll take me an hour to eat, but I'm going to enjoy every bite and try to get out of my own head, my own anxiety with me just enjoying the smallest, little, simplest pleasures I could with mindfulness. Those were the little tiny steps that started to make me feel better from just switching on my mind from, Oh God, here we go to, all right, that's cool. No, that was that was a huge, huge step. That's really interesting because I remember at the beginning of your story, you kept a pain journal. Yep. <laughs> and then, so this is every time that I hurt. But now what you're talking about is now you're almost keeping a journal of every time you feel better. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's that. Yeah. That's that switch. And is like switching from horrible to better. And that's it. You know what I mean? It makes a big difference in people. And it's it does. really interesting. Just like, just, and being mindful, that's a big thing that I'm really trying to uh, focus on this year also. And, you know, even down to the point of uh, just eating, like you said. So like uh, I read a book called uh, Why Buddhism is True or Why Buddhism is Real. And he was talking about when he was living with these Buddhist monks, they would all sit down and they would take a bite and then set down their fork and then close their eyes and chew it mm-hmm. so that they have maximum sensory input going into their body of exactly what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so um, being more present in, uh, you know, everything that I'm doing, whether it's coaching, if I'm coaching, I'm coaching. If I'm doing social media posts, I'm doing social media posts. If I'm doing, you know, the, the podcast thing, I'm doing the podcast thing or whatever it is. Just focus on that one thing and that one thing entirely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, uh, if I'm going to sit down and listen to my wife talk about her day, then that's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? And yeah. really pay attention to just how good we have it. Because man, there's like over the last like couple of months, I've had a lot of drama with, you know, my office and having to move offices and, you know, then course like cars break down and then you know dryers break and then I had to fix it that's like one of the the things about being an adult where you're just like man I would rather spend my money on something else other than a stupid dryer you know like (laughs) what are we doing you know or like you know that one time you like get a new windshield for your car for your birthday you're like yeah that's the greatest birthday present ever (laughs) (laughs) like I'd almost rather get socks (laughs) yeah right but like Instead, appreciating the fact that you have a new windshield and appreciating the fact that, uh, you know, you used to be able to dry your clothes. So now that's a new goal that you have to be able to dry your clothes again. 
you know, just I think that going through life that way is uh, really important. It can be very beneficial for people. Extremely. You know, mindset's a big one. And, you know, one of the biggest mindset changes for me also is gratitude and having a, a daily gratitude practice. It's yeah. one of the biggest game changers that I've had, you know, um, I, I did it in a very conscious effort on a daily basis, um, would write it down occasionally, but, um, my wife gave me a gift, um, for our anniversary. I have a nice leather bound journal that I've been keeping a daily gratitude journal in. And, and it's, it's a great feeling. I sit down at the end of the day and I just kind of reflect on the day a little bit and think about the things, how, no matter how big or small, how they impacted my life. And they made me appreciate something for the day. And man, it's, uh, it's a wonderful little practice to not only make that a, a daily mindful practice, but it really helps you reflect on the positive things when we're so readily, readily willing to focus on the negative um, inherently as human beings. It's way easier right. to focus on the negative and it takes effort to focus on that positive. And when I'm having a hard time trying to figure out the fifth one, cause I usually write out five, I laugh at myself. Just say, man, you really got to think hard about something that you're not that you're thankful for about your right. upright walking. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be something fancy. I mean, I really don't take for granted that I'm upright and walking after losing my ability to walk. But damn, man, I don't. It doesn't got to be that hard, too. It's it's a great way to just really change your life and start a real small thing that can make a huge impact on your everyday life. Right, and so that's a thing that. Like humans just have a propensity towards negativity because our two million year old brain, that's how we survived. We had to assume that we were going to get eaten everywhere we went. But now we live in this uh, really comfortable life where we're not even in remotely close to being in the food chain. You know, so now yeah. it's almost a detriment to us to try and figure out how to be positive. You know what I mean? Because there's, it's so easy to focus on all the negative stuff. And, you know, I saw, like, when all this stuff was happening and all this drama was going on, like, a few months ago, I, I saw one of my best friends from my fight team, and I started telling him about all this stuff, and I was all super upset, and my life sucks, and I'm super sad. I'm just going to get my coffee and throw it on the ground because I'm a little <laughs> pouty butt in my poopy pants, you know? And yeah. then he started laughing. And he was like, that can't be real. And I'm like, you're right. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it can't be real. One of those things where it just, when it rains, it pours, and you're just like, whatever, dude, keep raining, I guess. Like, you know, let's see what we can get after now. So, like, just him laughing at my problems made me re realize how ridiculous they actually are. Oh, that's great. Even though they are problems, but they are ridiculous. Like, nobody should ever have to deal with all that shit all at once. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing about it and then it just made it better. Instantly mindset changed. You know what I mean? And so, and then just thinking about how grateful that I am to have that guy in my life and how easy it would be just to call him if I'm feeling like I'm in my poopy pants again. You know yeah. what I mean? And just call him <laughs> on the phone, you know? And 30 and, seconds. Right. And, and then we're just laughing about stupid shit and then you feel better. And so, you know, that's, that's uh, one thing that I greatly appreciate about going all of these, to all these different education courses. Everybody's taking them for a reason. And they're all the same reasons. And so they're all like-minded people. And then I meet, like, all these beautiful people. And then I just have their phone numbers and their contact information. So if I need to, I just reach out. 
And that's another thing that we don't do, right? Like we don't just call people to make us feel better. We just want to sit in our poopy pants and watch TV. (laughs) That's terrible. You know, is it? It's not though. Because remember when Joe couldn't walk? Go for a walk, you doofus. Like, what are you doing? You know, Mm -hmm. so like it's a, I don't know. Life is an incredible thing. And uh, one of the things that you said that really made a lot of sense to me is that my health is my number one priority. And I think that people really take that for granted. Like you only have this one meat vessel. And like if you're in charge of taking care of other people, then you need to take care of yourself first. That's why they tell you to put the oxygen mask on yourself first on the airplane and not somebody else. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I think that you're a shining example of that, man. Thank you. Yeah, that's, I mean, I love my wife. She's my number two priority. You know, it's kind of like 1A and 1B, but, you know, when when you've lost your ability to work like I have, um, when you've lost your ability to not only take care of yourself, but to take care of others like I have, that's some major perspective. And um, I recognize and can appreciate that if I don't have my health and wellness, then I can't work and I can't take care of anybody else. So it's it has to be my number one priority, not only to make me feel well and to allow me to get through my day, allow me to work again, but it's got to be my number one priority just so I can take care of the ones that I love too. Right. Man, I think that's a perfect place to finish it off, brother. I'm so, I'm so proud to know you as a human being. I want to thank you for coming on here again so we can actually share your story this time. Uh, really, really happy to do it. I appreciate you having me on, Jesse. It's a, it's a real pleasure to share my story. Um, it's a real honor to sit here and talk to you about it again. Perfect, brother. All right, man, and I'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you for everything. You got it, brother. Thank you.